Awesome. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church this morning. Happy May Long weekend, too. It's awesome. My name is Grant. I'm Brianna. And we're here to get the service started for you this morning. If it's your first time here, special welcome to you. We'd love to get you know you better, and you can help do that by giving us a shout out at hello at cedarvalley.ca or dropping a comment on our YouTube or on the Facebook page. Yeah, and for everybody who's joining in today, uh, one of the best ways to stay up to date with all the stuff that's happening, uh, there's not as many things, but we do have like a regular stream services. We have devotional posts that go out. We do have events that we're planning for the summer as well as to make sure you're following us on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or you can even head to our website, cedarvalley.ca and sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Yeah, and if you've been impacted by our online church services, feel free to spread the news. We'd love it if you'd hit the share button, invite your friends and family um, to join you at church. Absolutely, and with some of the updates or announcements, stuff like that, that we want you to know about, the last few weeks we've been talking about a save the date for Camp Squia, May 30th. And unfortunately, we're gonna have to postpone that date. It, stuff kind of got too close. There's no way we could actually make this happen with still the uncertainty for literally even next week, but, there's some good news. We are rescheduling the save the date for two weeks later. That's Sunday, June 13th. So save the mm -hmm. date for that. Uh, we have even higher hopes and expectations to do an outdoor service and a picnic. Uh, mark your calendars. There will be more details coming this week for us going to Camp Squia and we'll get out into the mountains, Cedar Valley. Awesome. Yeah, I, we've been looking forward to it. And I think like we want to make sure that it's safe and effective for everyone. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to just check it off the list. We want it to be a great weekend. Yeah, for sure. So that'd be good. And we also want you to know that as a church, we believe in prayer and we are a church that prays for each other regularly. We have uh, prayer updates that do go out on our prayer chain. We have uh, a way you can send in requests to us on our website, cedarvalley.ca slash pray. Um, and you, you can uh, do that through even a phone call to our church or just emailing our church office. Yeah, and you can join our prayer list, um, prayer chain list too, by heading to our website, uh, cedarvalley.ca slash pray, or you can get in touch with one of our pastors or our office staff and just connect with them. They'd love to connect with you and get you set up with praying, especially if that's your gifting, mm. something that you're passionate about. Absolutely. And and to not even just request of saying like, oh, I need this, because often, you know, we can just get in this habit where we're praying of like, oh, this job issue that's coming up or it's a mm -hmm. money thing. And then when the money does come or the job does come, we drop it. But actually updates too of when God answers prayers and encouragement. Mm -hmm. It's it's really amazing stuff to see God at work. Yeah. And really on that note, let's start off the service with a time of prayer. So join me in that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for this great weekend that we're having. Uh, we might not be traveling very far, God, but it's hopefully restful Monday being off for a lot of us is hopefully a time we can be with our family, our friends, call up somebody uh, and just relax a little bit and get out into the sun, God. Um, we just had an update that uh, Donna Scarf is in the hospital. So God, we pray for healing there. God, we pray for wisdom in the doctor's hands, a good and effective diagnosis, God, and safety in the hospital too, in times with the pandemic in different rooms and isolations. God, we know that the hospital can even be a bit of a uh, wild place. So we just pray for your hands of healing in that situation and for any health issues that are going on in our church here, God, our community around, that you are uh, a miracle worker in uh, at obvious work, God, that your name can be glorified, that you can be seen as a force to be reckoned with in uh, health these days for people who are struggling there. So God, we just pray that you bless the service, bless the offering that's been given freely to just continue supporting the work in your community, your kingdom here at this church, Cedar Valley. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to get the service started here in a few minutes with being led in a time of worship, full singing. There'll be lyrics on the screen and we invite you to join us however you feel comfortable in your own living rooms or if you're doing a patio church. Yeah, around the park or the coffee shop, that'd be fun. Yeah. Coffee shop singing. <laughs> After that, we have a special lesson just for the kids with Jaslyn, and you're gonna need a blank piece of paper and a pencil to follow along with the little activity as part of that lesson. So make sure you're ready for it. And we also try to get out interactive materials through email to all the parents just to engage in faith and stuff at home every week. And if you wanna be on that mailing, mailing list, uh, make sure you send uh, Pastor Doug an email. That's douglas at cedarvalley.ca. Yep, and this morning, Pastor Doug is gonna take us through chapter 17 of the Gospel of John. We've been going through the Gospel of John uh, chapter by chapter in our series, and we're inviting all of you to read along with us as we go. Mm -hmm. Before we get into all of that, it is May long weekend, and uh, 
pretty popular camping weekend. Usually the weather's a bit nice, or at least it, it looks like it's gonna be nice. I know in the past, and then you head out and it ends up raining a whole bunch, but it's, it's like a camping iconic weekend. And I, if you joined in for the 10 minute countdown this morning, you got to see a little bit of a tent setting up competition because it's good to stay fresh, even if you haven't been out for a bit. But here's a fun question. I know we were even just chatting a little bit before this about uh, you end up doing some unique cooking uh, at camping, right? You have limited supplies, limited materials, but uh, what's like, what kind of camping food do you typically do when you guys go out? Well, lately we've been trying to keep it way more simple, <laughs> like way more sandwiches and um, burgers and stuff. But, you know, before kids, we probably amped it up to sometimes it was pasta or whatever, you know, spending a lot of time cooking when we're camping. Um, before we got married, Arden would just bring hot dogs and buns and survive a whole weekend on that. Dogs. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, that's all your food groups. <laughs> as long as you get, probably not. Maybe some cheese there. A cheese dog would do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know for me, I love that it's, you can kind of get away a little bit with less washing of the dishes or at least like you rinse it off a bit so then you have some of your morning bacon grease helping cook your lunch whatever's going on and then dinner just becomes a bit of a mix of the rest and it actually tastes better when you're camping it's probably because you're more hungry regularly maybe more dehydrated yeah. but cedar valley thanks for joining us this morning head over to the comment feed of facebook or youtube let us know what your favorite camping food is or even if it's just a if food's not your big thing and you just get skipped the dishes to your cultivate campsite what's your favorite activity when you're out there uh, in the bush See you later.
Hi Cedar Valley kids, it's Jaslyn, and it's nice to be with you guys again this week. We are in John chapter 17, and as you guys remember, we've been going through the book of John as a church, and so this week we are in chapter 17. So this is a really interesting one. The whole chapter is Jesus praying. So when this is going on, Jesus knows that he is about to die. He knows that he is headed to the cross, and he's taking some time to talk to his disciples, give them some information, give them some advice. Um, and then this whole chapter of 17 is he's praying. So he's talking to his father, he's talking to God, he's praying for himself, he's praying for his disciples, and he's praying for us. Now, that's really cool because at the time when Jesus was saying this, the only disciples that he had were those 12 close friends that were with him and did everything with him. Those were the disciples. But now that word has changed to mean that anybody who loves Jesus, obeys Jesus, and follows him is considered one of his disciples. So that's us. We love Jesus, we obey Jesus, we follow Jesus, so we are considered one of his disciples. So let's read one of the verses that he is um, saying, one of the things that he is asking God for something for us. So in verse 15 of chapter 17, he says to his father, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Okay, so Jesus is saying that he knows that we will be in the world and we will struggle with sin. Because when you become a Christian, it's not that Jesus instantly whisks you up to heaven to be with God, which would be really cool, but that's not the plan. That's not our job. When we become Christians and we live on earth as Christians, we have a job to do. And so Jesus is saying, I know, Father God, that it's going to be hard to be a Christian on earth and not have a problem with sin because we are human. We all have troubles with sin. We all struggle with that. You do. I do. I struggle with sin. Your mom, your dad struggles with sin. The pastors at this church, everybody struggles with sin because we are human. So Jesus wants us to be part of this world, but have extra help from God to not be sucked in and contaminated by sin. Okay, so to demonstrate that, we are going to say that this jar is the world. And the water in this jar is the people. Okay, so on earth, there are about 7 billion people. And I have no idea how many drops of water in here, but we're gonna say it's about 7 billion to represent all of us. Okay, so here's us. We're all living on earth. We're all living together. We're all working out. We know that this is a very sinful world. And we know that sin gets everywhere and it wrecks everything. So if somebody sins, that sin can affect me and affect my life. When I sin, sometimes that sin affects somebody else and their lives. So pretty soon we have a world that is so full and contaminated with sin that it's everywhere and it's touching everything. Okay, so even if we've got somebody who has just become a Christian and they become a Christian, can we even tell where that fresh water is that I just poured in. We can't, it's not even separate. It looks like it's part of the same thing. It's touching the same amount of sin. Okay, so we know we're not supposed to be contaminated by sin and we're not supposed to be part of it and have that in our lives. So what some people have done is they said, okay, fine, we will not interact with the world, okay? So we will just live on our own, in our own community, and we won't interact with the sinful world and we'll stay clean. Uh, some Christians have done that. They've set up their own community and they said, okay, we're not going to interact. Look at that, okay? We'll just deal with the sin that's in our community and then we won't have to worry about it. Well, that kind of works, except that's not what Jesus wants us to do. He has a job for us. He wants us to love him to love God, to obey, and to tell other people 
about how they can get to heaven and have eternal life. We can't tell other people if we're way out here in our own community. Okay, so that means we need to still be in the world, but somehow be separate and not be contaminated by all this sin. Okay, so if I pour this in here now, so let's take a closer look while this all settles. All right, so do you see now how we've got a layer on the top that is not contaminated by that sin? It's still in the same space, right? It's still in the world. It's still touching the other stuff, but it hasn't been contaminated. It hasn't all been mixed in. So this is what Jesus was talking about. He wants us to be Christians that are filled with the Holy Spirit. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives and fills us with all of this good, powerful stuff, the love of God, the power of God, so that we can still be close to the world, but not contaminated by it. Now, this is not easy. And Jesus knew that this was not going to be an easy thing for us to do. And he never told us that it would be easy. He said it would be hard. And a good thing to remember is that doing hard things makes us stronger. So for example, lifting weights, if you're going to lift really big, heavy weights, it's going to hurt. It's going to be difficult. You're going to get big, strong muscles afterwards. Doing difficult math problems, using your brain and not giving up, it's hard. It's really hard. It makes your brain stronger. Living the way that God wants us to and trusting him and obeying him when things get hard is hard. That is a hard thing to do, but it develops our faith and it makes us stronger and it makes us trust God more so that we can be shown as people who are still in the same space, but we look a little bit different. We look a little bit more separate because we have the love and the power of God living in us through the Holy Spirit. All right, so we are going to do one quick little thing before I'm done and hopefully you guys have your paper and a pencil ready to go. So you guys are gonna do this along with me, okay? So make sure you've got a piece of paper, a pencil or a pen and we're going to do this together. So when we're talking about prayer, this is something that we're going to draw a quick little image and to help us remember to pray for people because Jesus wants us to be people of prayer that talk to God. So you're going to put your hands down in the middle of your paper. You're gonna take your pencil and you're just going to do a quick outline. Go all around your fingers. So you wanna spread out your hand a little bit so you can get your individual fingers, okay? So I'm left with there we go, I've got a hand. Now on each of these fingers, we're going to write somebody's name that we're going to pray for. The first one is actually going to be yourself. And it's not so that you can remind yourself to pray for all the cool things that you want. No, this isn't a wish list. <laughs> this isn't um, a birthday list. This is for you to remind yourself to pray to God, to ask you to have love and kindness and to help tell other people about him, okay? So on the thumb, you're just going to write me, okay? M-E, me. You're gonna pray for yourself to ask God to help fill you up with all the good fruits of the Spirit. Okay, the next one can be maybe a friend or a family member or somebody that you know is really struggling with something. Maybe they're hurt, maybe they're sick, maybe they're going through something really sad. I have a friend who's dealing with something very sad right now. So I'm going to write her name down so I can remember to pray for her. Another person I want you to write down is somebody that you know who is not a Christian. Somebody that you know does not know Jesus, okay? So I'm going to write down my neighbor, okay? And then the rest of these, you can just fill out with other people that you want to give yourself a reminder to pray for. Okay, so I'm going to write down the last ones on my fingers here. And then across the top, you're going to write people I will pray for. All right, so now I want you to take this, what you've done, and I want you to put it up somewhere in your bedroom. 
or you could put it on your fridge, somewhere that you're going to see this. So this is going to help us remember to be people of prayer that talk to God and remember to ask God to help you be people that are set apart, not contaminated by sin, but filled up with all of the good things of the Holy Spirit so that we can tell other people about the amazing news of Jesus. Okay, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for participating and we'll see you next week. Good morning, Cedar Valley. What does your God look like? If you were an artist, which I am not, how would you portray him? What would the strokes on the canvas look like? If you were a metal worker, how would you fashion uh, the metal to capture, to display the image, the, the grandeur of God? If, if we were to picture God, um, shouldn't he be like, like limitless, like astounding, all, all everything? You know, I wouldn't even know where to begin to sketch what the God of the Bible looks like. But, but let's start by picturing a God that is so powerful that his very words brought the world and all life into existence. Picture a God that is so righteous that there is not even a thought that is negative in his mind. Not an action that is anything but righteous. Picture a God who is so holy that we cannot even look upon his glory. Picture a God who is so immense that he holds the entire universe within his hands. Picture a God who is so mighty that he instills fear in all who draw near. Picture a God who exists in the form of a father, a son, and a Holy Spirit that has been sent to indwell us, to guide us, to teach us, to lead us, in the way we are being called to go. Now, picture a God like that and so much more. Yet a God who is motivated by an absolute love for you. See, God changed the rules of what a God was like through Jesus Christ, his son. Actually, God threw out the rules with Jesus. For now we have a God who is powerful enough for us to pray to, yet personal enough to pray for us. That is astounding. That has never been before. And this is exactly what Jesus, what God does through the Son in John chapter 17. Now, you've had a great introduction to chapter 17, 17 through the kids' story earlier, and thanks for that, Jess. But let's pick it up in... John chapter 17, verse 1. 
After Jesus said this, his, his talking to his friends, his buddies, his disciples, he looked up towards heaven and prayed. Hey, just hang on just a moment. Um, I thought you were supposed to bow your head when you prayed. You know, as a child, you may have been instructed in the proper prayer posture. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Fold your hands, bow your head, close your eyes. Why do we bow our heads when we pray? Often, Jesus looked straight up to heaven when he prayed. You know, I suppose bowing the head and even the body, it, it indicates respect, a reverence. It's how you would present yourself before a king or a queen of, or someone of, of dignity. But the folding your hands and closing your eyes, well, there's nothing especially spiritual about that. I think it's probably more practical. Close your eyes so you don't get distracted and fold your hands so they don't fidget. And yet, someone they pray, they, they raise their hands to the sky, they fall upon their knees. Is there a right way to pray? See, I really think that God is more concerned with the posture of our heart than that of our body. When we approach God, are we sincere? Are we humble? Are we thankful? Are we repentant? And you know, I think if we approach God with that attitude, then the posture of our body will follow the posture of our heart. But anyway, Jesus prays. The, the entire chapter is a prayer. Remember, he prays for himself, for the disciples, his close friends, and then for all of us. And he says, Father, the hour has come, or the time has come. You know, there is a specific time for everything. In the book of John, there are nine times that Jesus either said, my time is not yet come, or my time is come. And now he says to God, the hour, my time, has come. See, everything Jesus has been doing, everything is in preparation for, everything is leading up to this moment. And I was just thinking, what are some of your significant preparing for moments? Well, I suppose you, you study so hard so that you can walk across the stage with a diploma. And by the way, just this past week, we had our preschool grad. Now, it wasn't the usual all four classes together with their parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters, 400 or so with, within the main auditorium of our church. But it was after each class, um, the children stood on the front steps at the porch there. The parents stood down in the courtyard and they sang some songs and said some poems. And then they each got to grab their little diploma and walk around, down, around the, the wheelchair route, down to their parents while they cheered and took pictures their first graduation. But how about you work hard, really hard, to get a raise, a promotion, maybe to be able to start your own business, to buy a house, to be successful, to retire? All of that doing is in anticipation of that moment when you can achieve that next thing. How about you invest a lot of your time in romance so you can win the girl and, and get married. Now, here's a side note, guys. Too often, we work really hard at romancing the girl with the mindset that it's to get married 
And then after we get married, well, then we kind of slough off a little bit. I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to be romantic, not just to achieve a goal such as getting her to marry you, but continue to be romantic just for love's sake alone, just to please the heart of your girl. How about all the work that you do preparing for the moment of the arrival of your first child in your house? See, everything Jesus has been doing on earth is leading up to this. He was preparing for this moment. He knew exactly what was coming next. He knew that tomorrow on that day he spoke this, he was heading to the cross. And because he knew that, it led him to prayer. What does it take to lead you to prayer? Of all the options that you have when you're faced with something, how quickly do you go to prayer? You know, in 1 Thessalonians 5:16, we're told to pray continually, never stop praying. And really that means have an attitude, be mindful of prayer, and also be quick to pray. But what is it that maybe gets in the way of being quick to pray? You know, if we were to sit down and write them out about ourselves, I think we would, well, we would be taken aback by by some of the things that keep us from going to prayer. And Jesus continues in verse 2. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Eternal life. It's not earned We don't strive for it. We don't work hard for it. It's a gift. It's been given. And you know, eternal life, it's not that idea, that concept, that it starts someday in the future. It is a present reality with God. It's not just a prolonged existence and unending life. But eternal life, as it says... In verse 3, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. See, that changes things, doesn't it? Eternal life is knowing God. It's in the present. It happens now. It's about a quality of life being entered into being in a relationship with God. See, I told you he changed the rules. Not just an awesome almighty God in the distance, but through Jesus Christ, he says, I want a relationship. And as you know me, you will experience the eternal life that I give. See, knowing God, it it moves from an intellectual I know about him to a relational life with God from knowing about God to, as well, what we like to tell the kids in Bible adventures, to being friends with God. Now, how can you be friends with God? Well, first of all, knowing that someone who will pause and pray for you is your friend. See, that makes Christianity unique compared to the other religions or belief. They just don't have this concept. See, God is powerful enough to pray to, but he's personal enough, he's personal enough to pray for us. And he continues in verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Doesn't it feel great to finish a task? 
You know, finally you can put your feet up, you grab a cool drink, and, and you admire what you've done. Right out of high school for, the, for, for a year, I worked in construction. And we would frame the houses, and once we were done framing, we would move on to the next one. But our boss had a little bit of a tra uh, tradition that once we were finished framing the house and the plywood was on the roof, ready for the roofers to come, he would have a, he would have a roof party. And everybody who had worked on the house to that point, at the end of the day, um, we would actually climb up and sit on the peak of the roof and he would show up with, with buckets of chicken and a couple of cases of beer. Now, I didn't drink because I was underage, but we would sit up there and we would admire what we did. It was finished and now we got to sit back. See, and here Jesus says, I finished what you've asked me to do. Jesus looking, is looking forward again one day to being our Savior through the cross. And so it's no wonder when he was on that cross, his final words spoken before his death were, it is finished. The work he came to do was completed. And he continues in verse 5. He says, Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. See, Jesus is here making reference to his life before the existence of the world. He was with God. And if we don't think that Jesus giving up his deity, his godness, to become a human and live on earth was a big deal. Imagine the creator becoming a part of his creation. And so he asks his father, glorify me again. It's incredible what Jesus did at the request of his father. What would you do at the request of the father? Now, likely as a child, you had to do all manner of things at the request of your parents. But what would we do at God's request? What would he compel us to do? How would we respond? What would we give up for God? And it continues in verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of this world. See, Jesus shows us what God is like. If you want to see what God is like, take a look at Jesus. Take a look at how he's described, how he lived, what he did. And you will see God. And then down to verse 14. He continues. And he says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of this world. It's interesting. We are in this world, but not of it. And we had a great little illustration of that before for the kids. Now, if your neighbors, co-workers and friends don't see any difference in how we live and how we love, well, then that's a problem. And I think we need to consider again um, what Jesus is teaching us, what he's calling us to be. And in verse 15, he says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Really, Jesus is saying to us, expect opposition. But do not fear because God is greater. God is greater than all. And in verse 17, he asks of God, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Now, think of being sanctified as God molding us according to his holiness. He's taking who we are and just, and just molding us into his holiness. And in verse 18, he says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. 
See, our life is so much more than just enjoying what God has given to us. It's taking God's word into the world. God's word is living and active and it dwells within us. And you know what that means? That means that people not so much see us, but they see Jesus living within us. Taking God's word into the world. And then in verse 20, Jesus says, My prayer is not for them alone, not just for his friends, his disciples, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. This is amazing. Jesus was looking forward through time and saw you. And he prays specifically for you. For you are a result of someone's faithfulness to God. And someone else's belief in God, their introduction to the love of Jesus, will be a result of your faithfulness. And we close with the thoughts from verses 21 and 23. For those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world will believe that you sent me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Unity. He's talking about the believers with the church. The church is made up of all of us together. Now, what does unity look like? Well, it doesn't look like uniformity. I mean, it doesn't mean we're all the same. But it does bring us together through the bond, through the love of Jesus and the work of his Holy Spirit that we may do great things for God because we are like-minded. That's the church. All of us following Jesus to accomplish things in the name of God. You know, it's amazing that Jesus in that last moments would take the time to pray for you and for me. For we were his motivation. You were the reason, the desire that he had to go to the cross. What a joy it is to live for him because he died for us. Our God, we thank you for again, this opportunity to see into who you are. And we have come to know you because we are knowing more and more about your son, Jesus Christ. God, allow us as he is revealed to us to see what you have given to us. God, how you are calling us, molding us, shaping us, preparing us, protecting us, being with us, so that your word may go out into the world. Thank you that you were a God who we cannot only just pray to, but that prays for us. God, our friend, who's there with us every moment of every day. Continue with us, God, in your glory and your grace, may your favor shine upon us. Amen. We're going to continue here in just a few moments with some some thoughts, some questions just to consider. Maybe you're in a small group hanging out together here, or you can talk about this later with family and friends. Um, But uh, hang on, and uh, we want to talk a little bit more with you. Hey, thanks for joining us so far this morning, Cedar Valley. Uh, It's been a great morning. It's been a really nice weekend for a long weekend, hey? No doubt. It's starting off great. (laughs) I know. About time that we have a super sunny weekend to well, not go away, but right. hopefully enjoy some time outside. Maybe you're joining in on the service. You brought the laptop or a phone or drag the TV out onto the deck. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and what we are hoping is that there are some watch parties going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe yeah. it's even in service out right. of the campsite with some family or friends. Uh, yeah. But something that you're taking what we got to dialogue through this morning yeah. with our service and just yeah. kind of wrestle with it, apply it to our lives, apply it to our day today, tomorrow, the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things that when you talk about God, he's just so immense, right? Sure. There's, there's so many things. And sometimes it's kind of difficult to 
personalize it, but through Jesus Christ, he's done that, yes. right? And so I think what we can do then through Jesus and what he's done in our personal experience, we can say, well, I know God to be this in my mm -hmm. life because it's something I've experienced. And what a great opportunity to share with other people. Yeah. This is how I know God personally. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads us into this thought here. It's impossible to fully describe God, um, but we would like you and we would like to consider here, you know, how would you describe him personally, how you experience God in your life? So just, we kind of starting off with here, like, you know, God is like, if yeah. you're trying to describe God right. that way for you personally, how, what has God been like? For you because he's yeah. been described in the Bible as you know a, a mother hen who gathers her chicks and um, as the creator as the protector um, so many different things right but thinking a little bit about your life how, how would you finish a sentence like that yes yeah, specifically well I'm excited to hopefully hear some really good answers online yeah. too because this is yeah. a thing where you know my my own only narrow experience i i would have to do stuff yeah. similar to crafting i've had right. thoughts where it's like oh like a mechanic maybe the way you can uh, kind of like diagnose and <laughs> help you understand stuff when you're reading yeah. aspects of the bible yeah. but it's, yeah. it's more on the creator side like you described the bible uh -huh. does describe god as creator uh, I've heard some really good poetic images yeah. of like a chair maker or a carpenter mm. or a craftsman because mm -hmm. uh, yeah. my biggest connection through god is really through seeing the mysterious intricacies of the world. Yeah. Uh, often you find like the scientists who headed up the Human Genome Project and was discovering that there was far more mystery than there was conclusive evidence that led them closer to a creationist kind of viewpoint rather yeah. than a naturalist viewpoint. Yeah. Wow. You see that yeah. too with astronomers uh -huh. regularly finding that there seems to almost be more evidence of an initial starting force creation yeah. versus a naturalistic right. uh, happening yeah. or chance so uh -huh. that's the closest kind of thoughts i've got i don't have any good like i know some people connect really well with a, just a direct father figure right. uh, amazing book the shack actually gives a direct mother figure yes that's right God that yeah yeah a lot of times miss out on yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that tenderness maybe right yeah that yeah. brings some of those things out yeah and you know for me i think i'm kind of going to default to one of those very standard things but um, God has been that, that father kind of influence in me. Um, given me a little bit of room to try to run, but kind of reminded me when I've gone off track a little bit, you know, and, and gently brought me back. And I think I relate to that because that's kind of the experience I had with my dad. Okay. And so it's easy to relate to God and also kind of the protector. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember dad, you know, protecting us as kids, keeping us safe. And in some of my crazy exploits years and years ago, <laughs> um, God was always there and I saw his protection in my right. life and it just uh, drew me closer to him. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you have another uh, follow-up for us here. Yeah. So uh, kind of as we finished a little bit here um, with the message, um, we know the world's a pretty big place and it takes lots of disciples going lots of places um, really to take God's word to the world. So. Um, what is your sense about where God is sending you? Now, we, we're not really talking about maybe just a physical location, or it could right. be um, yeah. somewhere in the world. Because well, we can't go past Chilliwack. Or... Well, right now, we can't go very far, but there's a whole lot of people in the valley, right? Yeah. So where do you sense that God is sending you with his word? Um, could be a location, or it could be maybe more of a, you know, people or an aspect of serving yeah uh, yeah what uh, what, what do you think what uh, well I, I know a way that i kind of try to expand on like how do you how do you get the sense like where is god calling yeah. me and some yeah. people have a clear sense and they just mm. get it right mm -hmm. away some people don't they some people hear a, a word and there's like yeah go yeah. go here right, right. go to nanaimo yeah. to this bar and talk to this guy and <laughs> yeah. uh, cool stories that's never right. happened to me yeah uh, but i have often learned that uh, if you start seeing uh, patterns coming up that just seem right, yes. almost like unnecessary coincidences uh -huh. that keep yeah. coming up, you start realizing, God, oh, it's not necessarily coincidence as right. much as God's kind of coming after you and pointing you into a direction. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it could be something as simple as all your kids seem to be super into hockey. Yeah. So that you're, right. you're going to get into a hockey mom culture mm -hmm. there. You're going to mm -hmm. start surrounding yourself with more people who play hockey, maybe get into coaching or supporting yeah. the team yeah. some way. Yeah. There's your demographic. There's your people. Right. It could be at the yes. arena, right? It could yeah. be soccer that's sports, I'll stop hanging out on sports. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, right. for me, uh, 
I'm finding uh, right now I'm in a stage of my life where a lot of the people I grew up with, uh, it's you know a point in time where people have started like buying houses, right. developed, yeah. uh, entering new like major career choices yeah. in their life, and yeah. uh, high ratio. And here, here's a big thing for a lot of yeah. people listening out there right. from from some of the Barna studies out there and stuff like that yeah. too. Uh, my generation, the millennial generation, is the highest right now percentage of people who've kind of, if they've grown up in the church, have walked right. away. Uh, okay. And okay. that's what I'm yep. seeing is a lot of people right. who know the stuff, they know <laughs> the Bible stories, and that's not what's actually going to inspire them anymore right. because they don't have a connection or relationship with yeah. God anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he seems too distant to them. God seems right. too not caring about them, uh -huh. whatever right. the different stuff. But an yeah. uh, overwhelming amount of people in my community have completely... Uh, walked away from God because they just find he doesn't seem to have any real interaction in their life. And right. that's a yeah. place where I need to stop ignoring that fact that left, right, mm. and center, mm -hmm. people around me are now questioning, like, why do you even bother working at a church anymore, Grant? Like, right. what's yeah. the deal with this? And rather than just kind of tolerating it a little bit and yeah. lovingly having, like, entering into conversations is trying to speak God back into their lives, right. I guess. That's right. That's yeah. what's been a so, theme in my life. So, that's, that, that's kind of your world, right? Yeah. A little bit there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for myself, and I'm going to include Jenny in this, is the opportunity that God has presented just really to connect with couples, um, encouragement in their relationship, mm. and maybe sometimes challenge. Um, you know, we, uh, we almost regularly get a call to the church from people who don't attend the church and saying, hey, you know, this is going on in our lives. Um, you know, we don't go to church, but but is it okay? Can we talk to you? Right. <laughs> you know, sort of thing. And that's off awesome. First of all, that people would be kind of brave enough to call the church, yeah. even though they're not connected to it. And then it's given Jenny and I uh, opportunity to sit down and spend some uh, evenings with them and maybe go through some specific relationship, you know, healthy material to get them back on track and then point them toward Jesus as well. And so we kind yeah. of see that as an area where maybe God is kind of sending us um, in, in that direction. Yeah, that it yeah. keeps happening. Well, yeah, God's literally yeah. bringing people in front of you. And like you said, like, it's already a bold enough move to right. just kind of call a church randomly. Like, could you help with the issues that we're having? Because yeah. yeah. nobody does that anymore. Nobody right. takes a look yeah. at what's going wrong or not great in their life and wants to yeah. work on it. Yeah. And man, this past year has been rough on marriages. It, so. it sure has, you know, and yeah. that's, and so too, you know, I'm just, for everyone to know that, you know, we're, we're praying for your families, your marriages, but unfortunately, sometimes people come and they make the call and they, there's been so much hurt that has happened. You know, it's a long journey back, but God can bring you back. Um, but don't hesitate too long to make a call for help, yeah. even if it's just for friends or, you know, call to the church, you know? Um, yeah, because we're, we're all in this journey together and if we can help each other um, grow and have healthy lives. Um, you know, that's what the church is about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully that's enough to kind of get you right. going just to get a sense. And what we're doing here is dialogue. This isn't, yeah. <laughs> I, probably preaching comes out of it right. as there should be almost yeah. like literally some preaching to each other in your homes. If you're talking, phone up a friend, start a Zoom call with your small yeah. group and, yeah. uh, or throw up your thoughts on the chat here. We'd love to engage with that. We'd yeah. love to see your thoughts on these questions too. Yeah. But other than that, have a great rest of your long weekend, Cedar Valley. Yeah, awesome. Hopefully it's not raining yet and you'll have a great weekend. Yeah, we'll see you next <laughs> Good. week. Good.